Hey friends, and welcome to the Equal Community Church of Christ podcast. We thank you again just for listening in each week. Uh, this week we talk about two more parables. We talk about the rich man and Lazarus. And we also talk about this episode with a Pharisee and a tax collector. Both of these things are, uh, to me, just fantastic, simple parables that hit right at the, the heart of the matter Jesus is trying to get at. Actually, uh, in these accounts, well, what you get is uh, even an explanation as far as the Pharisee and the tax collector. Here's what it means. People are being self-righteous. They're confident in themselves. So Jesus tells this parable. So again, as we do each week, we challenge you, just look in the mirror. Where are you in this walk? Are you, are you the Pharisee? Or are you the tax collector? Where is your attitude? Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us sometime. Have a great week. Good morning again. Those of you who have been here since class are about sick of seeing me, I think. But uh, it's been a great day so far, and I hope that uh, hope that today, as we study more about the parables, that these again will speak into your life. I've had uh, uh, several comments about uh, just how applicable these things are, and that's uh, that amazing that that things Jesus taught so many years ago, almost two thousand years ago are still things that hit home with us. That's what, uh, as we study today as well, they kind of hit right to the point. We're, we're studying two again today from Luke 18, 9 through 14, the Pharisee and the tax collector, probably familiar to you. And also Luke 16, verses 19 through 31, which is the rich man and Lazarus. So we begin this morning with Luke 18. To some who are confident of their own righteousness, and look down on everyone else. Do you know what this parable is about? Do you know what Jesus is trying to hit home with? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, a religious leader, a church person. The other, a tax collector, someone seen as a traitor working for the Roman government, one to be... Uh, Fearing the public. If you have seen The Chosen, it shows Levi, and Levi, to get to work, he hires a, uh, a guy to carry him in a buggy, and he has something draped over him so no one sees him. So Jesus tells a parable about a Pharisee, a church person, and a tax collector, someone who saw they saw as a traitor. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers evildoers, adulterers, not pointing on that one, or even like this tax collector. Hmm. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get, and God gave him a high five. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus doesn't tell a, a, a intricate, hard-to-understand parable here, does he? Jesus lays it out. Okay, here's someone who you would look up to. Here's someone who you respect, this religious leader. And here's this someone who, who you despise. 
you hate with every fiber of your being. Tax collectors were known that their job was just to collect taxes, but what they did was they collected taxes plus whatever they wanted to kind of line their own pockets. Anybody in here just get real giddy around tax time? I cannot wait to write a check. <laughs> I hope I get this. I hope I haven't paid in enough this year. I hope I get to write another check for a little extra. Of course not. So we understand that. But, but if you knew that every year in April, you were going to write a check plus the guy down at H&R Block was not just going to take a fee for doing that, he was going to take more and tell you you owe more than you do, and he was going to line his own pockets with that. Now, that just doesn't sit right at all. I'm already angry about taxes, much less having to pay somebody else, right, <coughs> for them being fraudulent. And so that's what Jesus does to, to balance the scales. And you remember, as we've talked in Luke and mentioned it last week, that a lot of times what Jesus does and what Luke shows is Jesus sets these things up. And what he does what is called divine reversal. You hear a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector, you think, oh, yeah, the Pharisee's going to tell him how it is. And Jesus says, watch this. Didn't see it coming, did you? And just a couple of, of the, the main point here, again, the Pharisee stood by himself because he needed to be all alone. His greatness was too great for the, the situation. I'm here, everyone, back up. Maybe that's why y'all don't sit in the front row. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here this morning. You should be as well, right? God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people. Well, that's a way to start a prayer, isn't it? God, thank you for not making me like them. God, I thank you that I am so great that I'm not these people. How arrogant are we? And the problem is, if we're honest, we might pray a little more like this than we want to say. Because again, we, we kind of judge ourselves on our intentions and what we plan on doing and other people on their actions, and we usually assign negative things to them. I'm glad I'm not them, because I have good intentions and I have good things that I do. I go to church once a week. How many times you go to church? We're not going to say that this morning. How many times you go to church? I go to church once a week. I don't cuss. I even let people over in traffic one time. You let one in, and then you move up. Don't let two. You see this kind of making it modern for us, right? He said, I'm glad I'm not like these other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. So in this moment of prayer that Jesus sets up, this man is so arrogant and so self-righteous that he doesn't have any problem pointing at people. Glad I'm not like you. Man. He says, I fast twice so we can give a tenth of all that I get. Now, in our life, in our culture, we have a saying that comparison is the thief of joy, right? Have you seen that play out in your life? Like, comparison is a thief of joy. If you're a little self-conscious about what you look like, don't open Instagram, right? You don't know what Instagram is? Grab someone, what, 35 or younger, 40 or younger? I don't know. I'm 40 now, Instagram. Because we've got filters. We've got all these beautiful people who put themselves out there, and all of a sudden, I'm feeling good about myself, and I look on Instagram, and I'm thinking, hoo-hoo, John's got some work to do. 
And so oftentimes, comparison is the thief of joy. I was fine. I was fine making the money I make until I learned you make a little bit more. Well, now I'm not fine anymore, right? I didn't have a problem in the world until I compared myself to you, and then I found out, oh, no. Well, I think I should be earning more than you. Amen. <laughs> That's the way we feel. But comparison is the thief of joy unless you think you're the one coming out on top. Because when you compare yourself to someone else and think, man, I'm glad to be me. Back in the, the 90s, I don't know if you, uh, is it Freddie Mitchell played for the Eagles? And he says, I mean, he, in a press conference, he's a wide receiver, and he wanted to thank God for his hands being so great. I'm glad to be me. Terrell Owens said, I love me some me. And oftentimes, we love us some us. And so we compare ourselves to other people, hopefully coming out on top. That's what we're hoping in our, our life. And so this church person looks at someone kind of known as lining their pockets, and I'm glad I'm not you. And Jesus contrasts that with this tax collector who won't even, let's see if I can get this to move. Not moving at all. Yeah, it's on. You forward that one. I've preached so hard I've knocked the batteries out of it or something. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. My greatness, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Who said that? I'll give you credit for that. I like that, Evan. My greatness knocked the batteries out. We're getting in the, in the mood here. But the tax collector stood at a distance. Not going to the front, not standing out where everyone can see him. Stood at a distance. He said he wouldn't even raise his head. But Jesus is painting this picture. And all he says is, God, be merciful on me, a sinner. Jesus said, you know which one walked away righteous? Not the one you think. It's not the nice-dressed church person who commands respect and walks around making sure you see it. It's the person who came to God humbly because he says there at the end, he says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, God will exalt. And so when you hear a parable like this, you've got to really look in the mirror as we've talked every week. You've really got to look and say, all right, well, who am I here? Am I someone who goes around comparing myself to someone else and kind of exalting myself? Because what the guy did was he was standing on this idea that I must be better than him. So I deserve salvation. And we can do that in so many ways. We can compare in so many weird ways. But Jesus is saying, you are not the judge. Jesus is saying, that guy thought he was saved. That guy thought he was right before God, but he wasn't. It was the other guy. And what we can do is weird. It is never good to compare and then stand on that self-righteousness. You understand that? <clears throat> but man, I'm glad I'm better than Jordan. I must have salvation and he does not. Or, or sometimes we'll compare and we'll think of somebody, the, the nicest person you know, the nicest church person, maybe they've passed away. Well, I know that they're saved, and so that kind of affects me. I want to be like them. Or I want to be uh, maybe a little better than them or whatever. But we still stand in that, that moment comparing when we are not the judge. We do not know what's in the hearts of everyone. And praise God that we're not the judge. 
I don't stand before you on the last day, people who don't really know me. I stand before my Father. What do we really know about other people? I told you last week I'm probably being investigated for all the criminal minds and the, or, uh, cold case files and all that stuff I watch. <laughs> what is it everyone says about the serial killer when they find out he was a serial killer and he was your neighbor? So nice. Such a nice guy. He ate a bunch of people, but he was a nice guy. <laughs> Quit comparing and live for God. Comparison gets us nowhere. It kind of introduces these, these weird dynamics where we stand, where we cannot know, but we stand in a confidence that comes from something other than God. Our confidence should be in God and God alone, not comparison to anyone else. And so how do you stand before God this morning? Jesus tells another parable in Luke 16, starting in verse 19. He said, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. Jesus has, has went as high, he has gone as high as you can go here, okay? So, so purple in that day came from these little murex shells. You would have to go out and collect these. and It would take thousands of them just to create just a little bit of purple. And so a man who wore purple had money. He had means, okay? So there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm. A great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, and I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Jesus tells this parable. And did you notice the, the contrast in the two? It's so stark, you can't miss it, right? A rich man who has everything and a poor beggar who lays at the rich man's gate with sores on his body, and it says he's just hoping for a scrap that falls from the table. Not, not he's expecting a handout from the rich man. I just hope to get lucky and, and find something that falls off the table. That's how down and out this man was. 
And of course, as, as people hearing this would, would think, you're, Jesus telling a, a, a story about a, a very wealthy man that has all these things, and the way you might view that story is, well, this man has been blessed by God. And that's true. But why has he been blessed? Was it anything that he did? What do you think? You just heard the parable. God is, he's gotten a blessing from God. But why did he get it? You might hear this story and think, man, he has done a lot of right things in his life. And Jesus says, think about this guy who laid in the streets begging for food. And you notice Jesus sets up this, this scene in Hades, as he says. This, uh, Lazarus is taken to Abraham's side. But this rich man is, is being tormented over, I don't know what all is going on here, but did you notice what he requested from Abraham? Abraham, would you send Lazarus? He is in torment in Hades, and he's still barking orders and seeing himself as higher than Lazarus. Notice when Jesus tells his parable, the rich man doesn't say, hey, can I come over there just a minute? He says, hey, would you send Lazarus? See, you know, he's lower than me. Would you send Lazarus, dip his, just the tip of his finger in the water and bring it to me? Still, in that state, seeing himself, you, you see how deep-seated his idea of himself was, how self-righteous he was. And then all of a sudden it hits him. Well, there does need to be a change. Now I care for my family. I want to make sure that they don't end up suffering like I am. And then he asked Abraham, can I go back? No, he doesn't, does he? <laughs> he doesn't offer to do anything. He says, Father Abraham, would you send Lazarus to tell my family? A man who lived a life of luxury with every need being met, every care cared for. And even at this point, after he has died and been buried, sitting in Hades, he's still sees himself as greater than. The story Jesus tells here, again, is an easy one. One of those men was in Hades being tormented, another one sitting right beside Abraham. And it wasn't the one when you were living life that you thought was blessed by God, was it? In the previous parable, Jesus said, he ended it with, those who exalt themselves will be what? Humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. We live in a very wonderful country. We live in a wonderful part of a wonderful country. And the blessings in this church are vast, aren't they? If we're honest with ourselves, if we look around, we have been blessed. And so when we hear a parable like this, we have got to ask ourselves, are we missing out? Are we so focused on ourselves that we're missing the ministry laying at our gate? Are we missing reaching out to someone who is down and out right here on our doorstep? Have we exalted ourselves that I am so awesome and my greatness is just magnificent 
that I can't be bothered to help anyone. Can't even be bothered when in Hades to ask to go help my family. Could you send Lazarus to do that? Now, I pray that that's not a, uh, an idea or a sentiment that we have in here, that we are not people who think, man, I am better than everyone else. I am so glad I'm not like this tax collector. I'm so glad I'm not like this person who lays at my gate. I'm so glad I'm not a robber, a thief, an adulterer. So that exalts me. Jesus says, no. God does the humbling and God does the exalting. But it's up to you to have the right attitude about that. It's up to you to use what, is, what God has blessed you with to bless other people. In this parable, Jesus says this rich man had every opportunity because the man laid at his front door, he laid at his gate to help out. And he didn't. The guy just laid there waiting for scraps that the dogs would eat. And so this morning, as you think about that, as you think about comparison, all the things we do as we go to the store or even as we come into church and we see someone else and we either think, man, I wish I had it together like them, or we look at someone else and think, man, I'm glad I am not them. And Jesus says, stop it. As a church, we need to live for God. Quit comparing. Quit doing the judging. That is all God's to do. You come in and you live for him, and that's it. So we'd love to pray with you this morning if that's been a struggle. We'd love to uh, see someone restored to Jesus. We'd love to see someone this morning uh, start that walk with him to be baptized. We've got a hot tub somewhere, I promise you. Blessings are vast here. We can make it happen. But don't miss out on the blessings of life because you're so focused on yourself. Don't miss out on the salvation that comes from God because you have exalted yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. Kevin needs this morning. Would you come as we stand? Here?